ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 93 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network. Uh, back here with my co-host, Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF tonight. Andrew, how you doing? I'm doing all right, and I got to be honest, it is the Dynasty Addicts podcast network, the DAP network, if you will. I know I heard you call me out for that a couple weeks ago. I've been itching. <laughs> I do forget to say that sometimes, but it is the DAP network, and we are I live notice, on the DAP you, I do notice that. Scott does it sometimes, too, when he takes the lead, and uh, I feel like usually one of you catches yourselves at the end, and you're like, oh, yeah, when, you, when you're, you know, given the Twitter handle or something. We are yep. a member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. Nothing but um, <laughs> Yes. Uh, but uh, we got a great guest for you tonight. It's our, our last show before the draft. Um, we've been kind of getting heavier into the rookies uh, in April here. So wanted to bring on a very, very smart rookie guy. We got uh, Garrett Price at Dynasty Price. How, how you doing, Garrett? I see we're just throwing around very smart, uh, just real loosely now. <laughs> uh, you know, but but I'm doing well. Uh, wh- whether or not that, that compliment was accurate, I don't know, but I'm doing well. Uh, well I, I think you're very smart, Garrett. So uh, take the compliment. It. All right. <laughs> Okay, so we got a lot on here tonight that we wanted to talk about. We had our questions. Uh, we threw it out on Twitter for some listener questions, which we got a bunch of. So we are going to get right into those listener questions. Um, and our our erstwhile co-host, Scott Sibleth, <laughs> threw quite a few out there. So we're going to start with him. Uh, <laughs> uh, his first question to Garrett is... Uh, why does Garrett always avoid me? Whether on junkies or trade addicts, we're never on at the same time. In fact, we've never been in seen in public at the same time. Hmm. <laughs> uh, my my response to that is why hasn't Scott invited me on? Why right. why is somebody else from these shows always inviting me on? Yeah, there you go. There it is. I mean, <laughs> so take that, Sidlow. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just That's saying. exactly what you would say if you were Scott, though. Let's be honest. Like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> Who knows? Okay, but he has a couple, uh, well, one real question and, and one sort of real question. Um, right. <laughs> uh, who's Khalil Shakir? Anything I should know about him? He said he was uh, teeing this one up for you. Oh, uh, well, that was kind of him because <laughs> I love Shakir. Uh, he is he is one of my favorite uh, later. Uh, I, I don't want to say later round because I would be shocked if he got outside the second round. If you got him outside the second round, I think it'd be an absolute steal, but uh, one of one of the the these mid tier wide receivers that actually reminds me a decent amount of Amon Ross St. Brown last year, where mm-hmm. 
I don't think he's going to have incredible draft capital. He's not the fastest. He's not the tallest. He's not like when you look at just the profile, you're like, oh, okay. But when you actually watch him play the game, he's a technician at the position. He's a guy that's always in the right place, can make some fantastic catches, and is just an absolute true gamer. So I think he could line up outside or in the slot. I think he'd be fine either way. Uh, but I think he would especially thrive out of the slot. Wide receiver from Boise State uh, looked really good at the Senior Bowl. His, his first day, there was some like, ah, he's not looking that great. And then apparently day two on, he just absolutely crushed uh, everything. And you like to see that when things kind of level out amongst everyone, you know, because that's that's always a good telltale card for some of the smaller school guys is how did they do once the, the playing fields were leveled? You know, when the guys from Georgia are playing the guys from the WAC and the Sun Belt and, the you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's what I really like to see. And he he thrived in that scenario. And uh, you, you said second round that you mean second round rookie draft, correct? That would be correct. Yeah, I think yeah. as far as where NFL you, draft. I was just going to ask, where do you think he falls there? Um, I would like to think that he would be somewhere in round three. Uh, but I thought that about Amon Ra last year, too, and he ended up falling to the fourth. So uh, for me, he would be like an early third round pick, maybe even into the late second, but probably third round pick, uh, early third round pick NFL wise. But it, it wouldn't shock me just because his measurables are not off the chart if he falls into round four. But if he does, uh, I think he's going to be an absolute steal. Yeah, and like you said, Amonra did as well, and and he still was going in kind of the late second of uh, most rookie drafts last year. Correct. Although I guess maybe a little bigger name uh, than Shakir because just because he went to to USC, USC and, and his yeah. older brother played in the NFL and all that. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, I guess if you can get him in the third, yeah, go, go, go do it. So oh, <laughs> easy money, easy money. And then uh, I'll I'll paraphrase this one. Uh, Scott asks, uh, can can Garrett expound upon why uh, he he thinks not so good things about Chris Olave? I, uh, I I don't think I've been overly <laughs> negative of Chris Olave. Um, I have him currently as wide receiver five in the class. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm not a Chris Olave hater by any stretch of the imagination. And actually, the more I watched him, uh, because it's it's always weird when you are scouting guys from teams that you're a fan of. So I'm an Ohio mm, state fan. Right. And I'm a Buckeyes fan. And it, you know, right away, as soon as you like somebody from your home school, you're called a Homer. Like there's, there's no way around it. It's, it's go, It's oh, bound all to you happen. nerds guy get, get, get that on the Ohio state guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, there was a reason that I didn't even bother scouting master Teague. Uh, cause I thought he was hot garbage. Like there was a reason that, you know, there've been certain players over the years that I've been lower on and higher on from the guys love JK Dobbins. Didn't love Paris Campbell. Loved this guy. Didn't love that. You know, so I do my best to not have Ohio state goggles. It, it still happens at times don't get me wrong, but I do my best. So I already knew I really liked Garrett Wilson. I knew he was going to probably end up as a top receiver in the class for me, which did end up happening. Uh, but uh, but watching him live, Chris Olave, I was just like, eh, he's he's okay, he's fine. Uh, but when I really started digging into the tape, it's when I really appreciated uh, that he's he's much faster than he originally looks. He's he's more of a glider, uh, so it it looks like he's not running that fast. But it's these these elongated steps and and, and things like that. Very very savvy route runner. Solid hands. He just doesn't do a ton after the catch. So I think for Chris Olave in this class, 
we're talking about somebody with a very high floor, but I think a much lower ceiling than a lot of the other players mm-hmm. in the class. So I think he's one of the safer guys. So if you're like, I want to draft a guy that's going to average 10 to 12 points a game for me. I think he'll be great for you. You know, in around year two, three, I think that's what he's going to kind of average for the most part in his career, which is like a really solid low end receiver two, high end receiver three type of player. And you're going to be really happy with that. But I just don't ever see him being that alpha receiver. Right. That's what I was going to say that I, I think at best he's some teams wide receiver two. Sure. And and for, for fantasy, that probably means at best you're getting a wide receiver two out of him. Right. Uh, you have any thoughts on, on Alave, Andrew? Well, I was just going to say, I think Olave is a great uh, companion piece. Like he's someone kind of like a Devonta Smith for me, where it's like, I don't see him as being that dominant, but if you get him in the right system with the right player across the field or let him move into the slot some, I, I love what he can do and things like that. I don't want to see him purely slot. I think he's got a lot of talent to work all over the field, but I mean, I haven't seen, I guess I, I'd like to wait a lot too until we see landing spots because then a lot of this can shape up and make an actual, you know, narrative out of it and say, okay, well, now that he's in this position, in this role, in this draft capital, now we can kind of see, like, Tony, for instance. I didn't do really any any video or tape watching at all of Tony last year, but he goes in the first round, and I'm like, oh, looks like I got to watch some Tony tape because, you know, somebody saw something. And if they're going to draft him that high, they're going to use him, and that means he matters more. And so, again, like, kind of going back to Olave, I think he does have some first-round potential. I don't think that's going to happen in this in this class. I think there's just too many better receivers. And, and I think wide receiver five is a pretty good spot for him. I don't do rankings anymore. Thank goodness that just got too exhausting for me, but um, I'd probably put him in that five to eight range myself. I think that depending on the day, he can kind of be anywhere in that mid, you know, wide receiver one in the draft kind of situation, like top 10 receivers, you know, I don't mind it, but yeah, we have, I really just want to see where he lands. He's one of those that I'm like, God, if he goes somewhere great, he could easily be a top 10 dynasty wide receiver. You know, if he goes somewhere great, that's not every position. So we got to see how it goes. Yeah, like Olave to the Packers, I'm sure he shoots up. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. Yep. Anybody to the Packers is going to shoot up boards pretty much. So, <laughs> sure. uh, yeah, um, we have more listener questions from Twitter, but we have one in the chat as well. I'm going to throw up here. Uh, Jerry Bagshaw says, What is kind of a, a vague question to sort of <laughs> answer, but what is the 101 rookie pick worth in a startup? Uh, so I guess maybe he's just kind of asking, you know, where, where are you drafting that one Oh one in the startup? So maybe not that big. Mm. Uh, I thought yeah. it was at first when I looked at it, I was thinking in trade, but then I saw he's had startup in the end there. So, so where would you uh, kind of place that Garrett? If you're doing a, uh, you know, a new startup, uh, there's picks in the draft where you look at one Oh one. Well, I actually, this is the perfect time to ask this question because I, uh, recently just did a startup. And I did take the one <laughs> perfect uh, in in the startup draft. So the the timing was impeccable uh, for whoever asked that question. Is Bravo. Jerry in this league? Like that seems like Jerry, yeah. <laughs> Good job, Jerry, man. Look at you, homeboy. Um, no, but uh, so I ended up. I believe it was the three oh two in which I took the one oh one, um, and that was in mind that I was specifically taking Brees Hall. Um, I was going to so, ask you that if you were thinking it was Hall or Willis or what. Yeah, yeah, it was it was specifically taking, you know, Brees Hall uh, in this in this draft. So, uh, you know, each class is a little bit different. So it's tough to give a uniform year to year. You know, some years you, you might even consider the end of the first round. There might right. be some years you wouldn't take it till the fourth or fifth. You know, yeah. so it, it just depends on the class. It depends on the player. It depends on the format 
you know, one QB super flex tight end premium. Like, so there's a lot of variables, but for me this year, I feel comfortable at the beginning of the third uh, to take Brees Hall. Yeah. And generally when we talk formats here, we were generally assuming super flex on this pod. We're we're a super flex pod basically. Um, But that, like you said, even this year in super flex, it's most, a lot of people's one-on-one is Brees Hall. It's not a quarterback, but but this was a super flex startup. Yep. Yep. And and, and like you said, the class doesn't matter. Like last year you were, the one-on-one was going in the first round because Trevor Lawrence was like, everyone's quarterback crazy this last couple of years and superplex even more so than than in the past and and he was definitely that one-on-one was going at worst early second so yep. it definitely matters the class i'm sure next year it'll probably be a first round pick because everyone's going to want b john robinson uh assuming he keeps on the same track he's it's on, true so. but stroud and uh and, and Stroud well, or, well, or them too yeah but uh, they'll, then maybe they'll be first round starter picks you know it's gonna be interesting either way i think it's gonna i think the 101 in rookie drafts i mean i'm sorry startup drafts next year is going to probably be a late first or something like that early second yeah. at worst Okay, so we'll get back to the uh, Andrew. I'll let you uh, because I'm going to move on to Jeff's question at for whom J Bell tolls. Uh, I'll I'll let you do this because this uh, you know a little bit more about this than I do. Yeah. So our our buddy friend of the podcast Jeff Bell wants to know graders or Jennies. All right. So this is interesting. I have an opinion, but I'm curious of your opinion. It's an Ohio. I feel like you guys. This is is very much an Ohio thing. (laughs) Yes. Um, and I'm very aware of both of these places. Um, however, I just moved in the past, like seven months to Columbus area. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm specifically in Granville, which is like 20, 25 minutes East of, of Columbus. Uh, so all this time up until now, I've been in Northeast Ohio near Canton. So we didn't have the option of either, uh, up there. So I have, even though I'm aware of both so far, I've actually only had Jenny's. I have not had graders yet. So I can't give an accurate opinion. Now, I will say Jenny's is delicious. I love Jenny's, but I don't want to give an uninformed decision <laughs> answer without having had both. And I love ice cream. So I'm yeah. very excited to have graders. I was just going to say, gonna for say, clarification, Andrew, yeah, you need this to is answer, an, and you need to explain this because other people out there are like, what the hell are graters and Jenny's? Yeah, this yeah, is an ice cream question. Delicious ice cream. Surely ice cream. So graters is a Cincinnati ice cream. It's been around for, I don't even know, 50 years probably. And they get huge chunks of chocolate in their ice cream. That's kind of the whole draw. And then Jenny's is out of Columbus. And there it's more of like a much smoother ice cream. Still has a little bit of chunks in it, of course, but it's a, it's a slightly different flavor, a little bit different process. Sure. I will say, and I, I answered this kind of when Rocky was asking me about it earlier. I was like, I go graders all the way, but I've had graders my whole life growing up in Columbus, sure. uh, living in Cincinnati, going to UC. Like I've had graders for a long time. So I feel like it's almost the opposite. I feel like I'm biased because I've only really ever had graders. I've had Jenny's two or three times. It's not bad, but it's just not graders to me. And it's just sure. there's a little bit of that nostalgia that, you know, reminds me of a kid, you know, doing well after soccer practice. Oh, dad, yep. can we go to graders instead of Dairy Queen? Oh, yeah, no problem. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, so I get you. I feel like it's a great Ohio question. So f- excellent work, Jeff Bell, getting us some OH in the house. So that's, that's <laughs> awesome. Well done. Okay. And uh, when I threw this out, when I had Andrew actually is the one who threw it out on Twitter, I, I thought we'd get more 2022 class questions, but we actually, we got, we got a regular old football question coming up next. Okay. Uh, nothing to do with the rookie class from uh, our guy at Ridley truth there at CWC Wood one on Twitter. Uh, where do you guys forget forecast Goddard to be by midseason this upcoming year? 
I feel like I'm one of the only guys in my league's high on him taking a jump this year without Ertz around. Hurts hopefully taking a step in the, up in the passing game. Is tight end three crazy? So, Garrett, is tight end three crazy? I don't think that's crazy at all. Uh, and if you're one of the only guys in your leagues that's high on him, congratulations. Like, that makes your life so much easier. Uh, because when everybody in your leagues are high on a guy, you know, then it's much more difficult to acquire him. So it, it worked out in your favor in that sense. Uh, but I, last year, without Zach Ertz, uh, on a per-game basis, uh, he flirted right between tight end five and tight end six. And we also have to remember, this was a brand new offense. Uh, so every, I, I, and I think people forget this sometimes, you expect things to click right away. There's often a growing period of a year or two to get really comfortable in an offense, especially with all the pieces. So fortunately, the offense, you know, the offense is going to be the same. The quarterback's going to be the same. Most of the main pieces, there might be a new wide receiver addition at some point, but most of the other pieces are going to remain the same. So anytime that there's good congruency like that, there that spells, you know, good success for a bump up in value. So I don't think tight end three is crazy at all. In fact, when I'm drafting right now, I'm drafting him roughly as my tight end four. So that's, I don't think you're far off at all. Yeah, I think that's a real underrated point you you uh, mentioned there, which is the continuity, uh, the same, same offense, same coach, uh, same quarterback. And Hurts, uh, you know, Hurts has his issues. I'm an I'm an Eagles fan. If you didn't know, Garrett. Um, and really <laughs> shocking, no one ever heard that before, right? Yeah, that's that's that is... on too. Not Why? Sure oh. the hat. Uh, but uh... <laughs> in April, by the way, well done. <laughs> I mean, who am I to talk right now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but I, and I but I actually tend to kind of be more pessimistic towards the Eagles guys in general. But it, I'm I'm pretty high on Goddard as well. I think he's kind of uh, he's considered and he should be, but he's he's in that sort of less middle tier of tight ends that some people don't even want to deal with. But I think he is a guy that can make that jump. Uh, last year I was all over Hawk making that jump, and he didn't quite do it. I'm not that high on Goddard. I'm not ready to plant my flag but i just think there's real potential there um if hurts can take a step up in year and really it's the second year starting uh so i think we could and like i said with it being in the same offense again i think and it's basically just goddard and smith and there's probably going to be a rookie but i i don't ever bank on a rookie taking a huge target share Uh, you know obviously what happens with guys like jamar chase and whatnot but uh, Goddard, it's basically Goddard and Smith is the whole passing game. So I, I'm with you on on Goddard. Rocky, I do want to ask you a question real quick because for a while I kept seeing uh, people mocking a wide receiver to the Eagles in the first round. To me, I, I feel like I, I don't think they're going to do that personally. I, I think they're much more likely to take one in the second or third. But but do you do you think that they'll they'll take one in the first round? That is kind of the buzz around here. A lot of people, the beat writers and mm. stuff, do think they are going since they have that the would be four picks, straight years I of know. a top two and, round yeah, receiver. Say, yep, third <laughs> year in a row with the first round. First round, and the year before they took a newly minted tight end. I was just going to say Goddard's new competition, JJ <laughs> yeah. Arcega Whiteside, right? The uh, Arcega Whiteside is going to be a tight end now, so maybe Goddard isn't the dream that we thought. I, I'm not worried about. And it. Honestly, I love JJ too, so it breaks my heart. Yeah, Same. and honestly, I mean, I kind of want them to. I think they, they I mean, they obviously do need another one. They, they have right. nothing after Devontae Smith, pretty much. 
Quez Watkins is the number two. So I said, let me pivot back to that then, Garrett. Who would you? Who would be your ideal pick for the Eagles to go up against? You know, opposite field from Devonta Smith. Like of all the receivers, you've done the rookie study more than I have. I'm, I know that. Like, who would you put as like a dream situation for the Eagles to take at one of their two first round picks? Even. Yeah. So if he were to fall this far, I think Drake London would be a great, great fit oh, for yes. them. Um, it would just, it would spread things out really nicely. You have, you know, Drake London, who's your big, you know, contested catch, go up and get the football. You have your Devonte Smith, who's a little bit of do it everything. And then you really could have Jalen Rager just be that slot guy and just do that. Like just be a slot guy. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, and then you'll have, uh, Dallas Goddard at tight end and then, then Jalen hurts has absolutely no excuses. I mean, that would be an incredible receiving core. <sighs> Um, if that's the case. So I think that would be an amazing scenario for them. Uh, but if they do, you know, wait a little bit longer uh, at that position, I think George Pickens could be another one. That would be a good X receiver, uh, a guy that can go up and get the football. Uh, he's a little more linear than than Drake London is, uh, but he's also not as physically imposing as Drake London. But I think I think Pickens would be a decent selection if they waited till like the mid second. And yeah, I wouldn't hate that either myself. Like I said, I kind of want them to go receiver with one of those two first round picks, uh, but they also need a lot of help on defense, which we don't care about for fantasy football. But if they if they took two defensive players there and yeah, got a Pickens in the second round, I'd be good with that. I would be worried if they took London, just because I have, I think I have a little more concerns about London than you, and, and I think most of the nerds guys do. I'm sure. I'm one of those guys buying in, you know, after watching him buying into mm-hmm. the, you know. I'm worried about the separation, that kind of thing. So yeah, it didn't worry me too much uh, in watching him. I know he's not got the top end, but uh, he, he's a pretty savvy route runner. And I have to say, it just worries me too. I think he has, again, maybe you don't, but I, I think he has more bust potential than some other guys. And if he goes to the Eagles, it almost guarantees he's going to bust. That's actually what I was going <laughs> to dive into. Like, I feel like Drake's got a really good high ceiling, but he has maybe a lower floor than some of the other guys. Sure. Like, if he doesn't get in the right spot, and the Eagles are notorious for picking the wrong guy in the last, you know, two out of the last three, like we've just been talking about. Yep. Yep. And I, I can only imagine the steam that would come out of Rocky's ears if, at the end of the year, their rookie wide receiver that they took in the first round is another bust. I could just yeah. see him you know, pulling out what's <laughs> left of his hair. Just being like, what are we doing here? So, like, they got to get it right. So I don't think London's a a bad pick, but if London falls that far, there's that could be like some red flags too. Like other teams aren't excited about him. What does that mean? Like you start building this, you know, narrative out of nothing and just kind of spinning it as a crutch argument to be like, well, no one else wanted him. He's probably terrible. Like, you know, just, oh, I don't know. So like no matter what, who, no matter what they do, no matter who they pick, it's going to be up for a ton of scrutiny this whole year. I can't wait. They just can't (laughs) take Jamison Williams because they'd just be too skinny. Well, There's I was going to say, the receivers that be interesting? Just I love Jamison, though. I do, I do too. <laughs> he's my wide receiver, too. Yeah, I would love him, but I don't think he fits on that offense. Like, he's almost he too identical to Devonta Smith. Like, yeah, that would be weird. Yeah. That was the one I was wondering if you were going to come around and say that he was a bad pick. So I'm glad to hear you say that. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe they can just kill everybody with speed, though. But, um, right? yeah. That's the lie. <laughs> Uh, but that is kind of the the buzz too. I was saying earlier that they're going receiver. It, it is kind of the idea that they think they're probably gonna. They want a bigger guy across from Devontae. So uh, you hear yep. a lot of London, a lot of Burks, um, it, it, it around See, here in Philly. Bur- anyway. Burks, Burks is the guy that worries me out of all of these. I get that too. Yeah, the, these big name receivers, especially in a on a team that's notoriously not been good at developing wide receivers yeah he's a guy that needs a lot of development so i would not be a fan of that at all 
for the Eagles personally. Oh, I would not either. Again, he's another guy I think has some bust potential. He's the one that has the most <laughs> bust potential. I have him at my wide receiver seven, which people think I'm oof. crazy. But. Right. Yeah. I know you're low on him. And yeah, yeah well, if he went to the Eagles, they might be wide receiver 12. So <laughs> you're not wrong. Oh, man. Uh, but no, that, that's actually, and I want to pivot on that for just a hot second mm-hmm. because no matter who they get, let's get back to Goddard for a quick second here, right? No matter who they get, I think we can all agree they're going to get somebody. Right. If it's not the first round, it's the second round. Maybe yeah, with Pickens, like we were saying. Right. So let's assume it's Pickens and Smith with a, a kind of, I don't know, ready to go season or career on the line for Hertz. Right. Like he's going to have to ball out. I think Goddard could be an amazing snag. I do think his ceiling is probably that, you know, tight end three overall kind of a thing. But if you don't have to pay that price, then that's awesome. Right. And that's kind of where, like you were saying before, Garrett, if, if your league doesn't value him, like a tight end three, tight end four, or a top tier tight end, because there's really only two tiers in tight ends. There's five and then everyone else. Right. Um, so if he's not in that top tier for someone and you can get him for a discount, and I don't know, I have no problem with that. I've got him in a two tight end league. I've got him and Kyle Pitts, and I couldn't be happier. I'm like, that's been a two tight end. Like, that's how you differentiate. You know what I mean? Like, that's pretty good. Yeah. So my, my QBs kind of suck, but we're not going to get into that. But <laughs> nah, the point I'm saying is, yeah, we've got time. But um, yeah, I think Goddard is is definitely a tremendous value if that offense takes a step. Now, if they take Burks or Will or Williams or you know someone, they wait till the fourth round and draft someone like, ooh, that that offense could be in for a long year. Even with JJ switching to tight end, ugh, makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah, like I said earlier, I'm I'm with with both you guys. Uh, he, yeah. He's kind of like that guy that like everyone's like, yeah, he's good, but he's he's just one of those those middle guys. I still, I definitely think there's a chance he becomes more than that, and and is one of those difference maker type tight ends. For sure, uh, he's a very easy target for Hertz. But uh, next question at noob engineer underscore, how is the, he's he did ask a, a sort of a rookie question, but it's uh, okay. the 2023 rookie class. Uh, already, he's thinking about this. I like it. How, looking ahead, how right. is the 2023 tight end class looking so far? How do they look compared to tight end one Leonard Fournette? Well, <laughs> first of all, I don't know that anyone compares to Leonard Fournette. Uh, he's he's the goat tight end, that's for sure. Tight end one, wide right receiver one, running yeah. back one. He can't, maybe not quarterback one, but he does it all. He yeah. does it all. I mean, he's basically Cordell Stewart. Um, but uh, no, uh, as far as the uh, the 2023 class goes, uh, as of right now, uh, Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame is looking like your next great traditional tight end that big body um, can play in line, but can play off the ball as well. Uh, Really good hands can do things after the catch. Like he's kind of your like prototypical, like, okay, we want to make a good tight end one. Boom. Here he is. You know, he, he's really that guy. So he's going to go pretty high in the class uh, overall. After that, there's not a ton of depth at the moment. There's a couple guys that are kind of vying for some looks and opportunity of Brock Bowers in the class after him. Um, Eric Gilbert, who was a really big name for a while, but he just bounced around uh, a lot so far, transferring quite a bit. So he's lost quite a bit of luster as well. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But as far as tight end one goes, that's pretty safe at this point, and it's going to be the kid from Notre Dame. 
And I'll, I'll take your word for it because I know nothing about the 2023 class <laughs> other than Robinson and the yeah. quarterbacks and, and a few other running backs. There I know nothing go. about the tight ends. Yeah. So yeah tight ends are, are tricky in this year, let alone next year. You know what I mean? Like there's they just, are tricky in this year, you know, this year, especially they feel like there's two or three that I I've done at least a little bit of research on. And I'm like, well, if I'm in the third round, okay, sure. You know what I mean? But like, there's yeah. no one like a pits. Um, no. It kind of jumps out and at any sort of point when you're watching film, you're all like, yeah, they do the job. And but depending again, depending on draft capital and landing spot, that can change yep. everything. So we'll see. Yep, absolutely. Since you brought it up, uh, Andrew, uh, I'm going to ask Gary, because it's one of the questions we had, uh, you know, in the non-listener questions for tight end. We kind of just, uh, I put some questions by position and tight end. I just had, do any of these guys really matter to Garrett? Uh, I do like Trey McBride. Uh, can he I, I, be elite though? Do you think? So here's my here's my theory on the tight end position. Uh, I am a huge, huge talent over situation guy overall. However, the one position where I'll kind of concede is the tight end position because you see so much of it come down to how many targets is that tight end getting? How involved are they in the offense? Do you have a young gun quarterback that wants to sling it down the field or an old guy that wants to play it safe and, you know, check down a lot? Like, so there's just a lot of it depends on the offensive coordinator and the quarterback that you're playing with. You know, Aaron Rodgers for years was notoriously bad for tight ends, even though he's an amazing quarterback and it was a good offense. He just didn't really throw to him. You know, so that's that's the tricky part is so much of the tight end position is based on you know game plan you know what i mean like it really use the position yep exactly so could trey mcbride be that guy sure but do i think he has a better shot than most of the top tight ends we've seen recently no yeah and i that's that's when i look for tight ends especially ones that i think can make a jump up like we were talking about with goddard for instance that, that is so crucial i think is can they be the number one or at least number two target on their team uh, if not, then then I'm kind of just forgetting about them. So, uh, yeah. Shout so. out to our buddy Andrew Cooper, and that's pretty much exactly what he says. The tight end whisperer. We talked to him last season before the the uh, you know the season started, I guess. But he pretty much said the same thing. Like with tight ends, you really just have to look for opportunity more than anything else. You know, if you're you're not going to draft a blocking tight end in fantasy, it just doesn't make sense. As good as they are in the NFL, as high as they get drafted, it doesn't matter if they're not catching the ball. You don't care. So really, you're exactly right. If you're if you're in the right spot and getting the ball, I don't care what your name is. Put you on my team. Let's go. Yep. Okay, and this one is actually was not on Twitter. Um, I threw it on the show sheet. It came up in a group chat I was in, and I I don't know if you can answer this or not, Garrett. I couldn't think of one, but uh, Stephen Sear, who who's definitely a listener to our show, uh, ended up getting in one of my leagues by. By uh, DMing me, uh, letting me know he was a listener and, and wanted to get one of my orphans. So uh, he says, can you think of a Sam Howell comp, not play style, but someone who was considered a top, <clears throat> excuse me, a top one or two quarterback in their class heading into their final season, disappointed, fell to the back end of the first round or later, but then actually had a good career. Wow, there's a lot of layers. There. Yeah, there is yeah. a lot of layers there. <laughs> Um, specific right. enough. <laughs> so, so a guy that was highly thought of, disappointed in their last year, got drafted late, but then ended up still being good. Yeah, basically yeah. fell from where you expect. Like you said, he—that's where I think we're thinking he's going. If he 
he's lucky if he sneaks into the back end of the first, I think. Right, right. No, that's fair. Um, that's a really good question because traditionally, you know, quarterbacks move up the board quite a bit. Um, you know, you, you could, <laughs> I don't know that it's entirely fair. You can make that argument about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, fell on draft day notoriously. They thought he was going to go one overall to San Francisco drops all the way down to what? 24 or something like that. Yeah. Ends up getting selected there. And then obviously, you know, he's been pretty fantastic. Uh, so that would be like the closest I could think of to answering it on tough question. (laughs) Yeah. That's no, it's a good one. That's a, it's a good one, but yeah, that's, That's probably the closest I can think of to that. I was just going to say, man, maybe it does make you wonder, like, you know, what is Sam Howell's future? Like, you don't see this a lot. So he did have an excuse. He did have, you know, a lot lot of the talent went to the NFL. So it it made some sense, but it makes you, I think, a little worried. Well, I mean. Yeah, and I don't think his season was nearly as bad as people keep saying it is. Uh, you know, you look at the numbers, it, it wasn't atrocious. You lot watch him play. Yeah, there's sometimes he pressed a little bit because he was the offense. Uh, but we also got to see more athleticism from him than we thought he originally had, which is good to see. Well, I was just gonna say if he, if he falls to the later half of the first round, he's going to a team that most likely had a winning record, much like what happened with Aaron Rodgers, right? Sure. So a lot of times when you see QBs drop like that. They're not going to a place where they have to start right away. They're usually getting the chance to kind of collect themselves and kind of recover from that down year. I can't remember. There have been a, a few different quarterbacks over the years that I remember the same kind of thing had happened to. And I just can't pull them out of my brain right now. But I know that it's you're almost given a little bit more a cushion in that later first round than you are in the beginning of the first round or even the beginning of the second because those teams at the beginning of the round are desperate for help. They need something now. And if you can go to a team, I mean – I don't I don't think it would happen. But if you go to a team like obviously Cincinnati or even the Rams or the Chiefs, like one of these like playoff teams, they don't need a quarterback. Then your career is dust. Right. Like you're, you're not really sure. going to be anything. You're like a Trubisky. You hop around. I mean, that's not great. Or like a Dwayne Haskins in a sense, you know, RIP and all that. I mean, that's a terrible career in a sense, but great player. Amazing guy. Um, but again, like there, there's so much pressure put on those top picks that if you don't have that pressure, maybe you can recover quicker. And maybe sure. that gives you a chance to kind of, you know, bounce back in the NFL. So if that happens, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I think Howell's got the talent. And I just think, you know, if he goes in the right place, again, if he fits the right, you know, Colts, you know what I mean? Somewhere there's like a one-year guy, kind of gap, sure. you know, Atlanta, like a gap filler quarterback. People like, have he could talked be terrific about in Tennessee is a low-key uh, team yeah. that might draft a quarterback. Yeah, that's, that's a good one, too. Okay, so that finishes up the listener question. So now we'll get to the... Uh, the uh, Rocky and Andrew and Dynasty Junkies questions. Uh, All right. <laughs> uh, so the one thing I've been trying to ask everybody that I've uh, that we've had on talking about the rookie class, I'm very curious. Uh, your thoughts on the class as a whole? A lot of people are down on this class. Um, are you as down on it as a lot of other people seem to be, um, or is it maybe a little better than people think? What do you What do you think, Garrett? Um, I think the wide receiver position is really solid in this class. Uh, But when you look at, you know, the tight end group overall is a mess. Uh, The quarterback group is very, very boomer bust. Uh, You could tell me that like three quarterbacks from this class end up being really solid starters at the NFL and one ends up being great. And I'd be like, okay, I could see that. 
You could tell but me there's that. no way you could pick those three today. Yeah, right? that's the whole thing. Like any of the any of the six that are in this. I mean, even if you go with Bailey Zappi, could be a guy that we're talking about in ten years. Right? We have no idea. Sure, like, that'd be crazy. It, we see weirder things. They, they yeah. could all flame out too tomorrow, and I yep. would not be surprised if none of them panned out. So that's that's the tough part. Is there's it's a extremely boom bust uh, quarterback group. When you look at the running back room, uh, I feel great about Brees Hall. I like Kenneth Walker. I think other people like him more than I do, but I like Kenneth Walker. And then after that, it's really just a bunch of like, they're, they're good, you know, but it's a lot of like fourth round NFL draft capital type of running backs where right situation, they're going to, they're going to get a shot, but they're not beating the doors down anywhere to like take a job from somebody either. It's a lot of really high end backup type running backs that we have at like three through nine or 10 in this class. So there's some depth there, but so really the only position that I would say is actually good in this class is the wide receiver position. And it is a good wide receiver class. So in a sense, it's, you know, as advertised, I don't think this is overall a great class compared to, you know, the last two or three that we've seen, but I don't think this is like a, you know, like right. terrible, make me want to gag type of class either. Well, I would say that this is one of those years. I wouldn't be shocked if we have six receivers in the first round of, of uh, fantasy rookie drafts, right? Not Where it's all. like, you know, like you could easily get six, maybe even more. But like in, in most years, I feel like it's in super flex, especially it's almost always running back and quarterback, right? right. You, you almost always build your teams around receiver and then you draft running backs and quarterbacks as they come into the league and as you need to get them the position sure. kind of bolstered for your, your run. And I think this year is kind of a great rebuilding year for, for dynasty teams, right? There's not a whole lot of players that are going to hit the ground running. We don't have a Trevor Lawrence. We don't have a Kyle Pitts. We don't have even like an Odell Beckham jr. Like at a top, 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 top right. receiver. I mean, we don't have a Jamar chase. Like we don't have like a clear cut heavy hitter. It's going to be a lot of guesswork. Uh, it's going to be a lot of getting lucky to be honest. And I think I hate saying that because there's already so much luck in this fun game that we play. Um, but again, you're going to have to to get the right player in the right place to kind of be lucky enough. I think, you know, obviously Walker and Hall, I think both slide right into your starting lineup in most situations. I would say probably two quarterbacks slide right into your, your depending on where they land, slide into your, your starting lineup. And I'm not I'm not afraid to say I think there's three or four receivers you can do that with. But after that, it's really a crapshoot. And I think there is going to be a lot of players, a lot of fantasy players with the 108, 109, 110 that are kind of looking at it going, Oh, that's not that great. You know what I mean? Like it's a first round pick, but I'm not real happy about it. And that's something Rocky and I have even talked about too, where it's like that later first is kind of no man's land. You know what I mean? Like all the really good guys are gone and you're just sort of sitting there going, I hope I get this pick right. And And the tough part is, you know, 205 is not going to be that much different. Like you're going to be thrilled (laughs) if you, you know, you're sitting there at 205. You're like, oh man, I'm going to get same caliber of guy. I could have got at one nine. This is awesome. Yep, exactly. And that's what makes it so much fun, too, because if you're not at the top of the first and you're at that back of the first beginning of the second, I mean, we always say it, of course, trade back if you can, but no one's going to be accepting that. No one's going to be moving up. I feel like most dynasty managers are pretty smart, pretty savvy. They've all got rankings. Everyone's got their values and their calculators and all these things. I think everybody's just going to be sitting there like, no, no, go ahead and make the pick. I'll take what's left because they all know that second tier, even third tier, depending on how you word it, is is pretty deep. And I'm right there with you. The receivers are are good this year. I think we're going to have a lot of really good receivers come out of this, but we just we don't have that dominant name of any position like we're used to having, other than Hall, which might be the best, you know, 
potential player out of this whole draft. But we'll see. Right. And that, that's kind of where I'm at with the classes. Yeah. The, the elite, little elite talent isn't there, but I think it is, it is very deep. My theory has kind of been, we're going to see a lot of guys that you, you pick in the second and third round more so than usual that are going to pop. Maybe, maybe not as like year after year after year starters, but guys who are going to have fantasy relevancy at some point in their career, especially this running back class, I think is, is very mm-hmm. deep and, and usable potentially for fantasy guys. Like, they all have some certain skill set that I think can uh, can make them useful if they can get the opportunity. That's just going to be the problem because a lot of these guys are not going to get draft capital, I don't think. So, uh, yeah, not day one or day two capital. So, uh, but but yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of guys pop. Just not uh, not get that great. Uh, you know, we're not going to get the Najis and the and the Jamar Chases and the Kyle Pitts this year. So uh, one one other thing I like to ask everybody, the combine, how much does that affect your mm-hmm. rankings of so guys, especially like uh, I, I threw three names on here, Isaiah Spiller, David Bell, Kyron Williams, all guys I liked when I watched them on film, all guys with horrible combines. So <laughs> well, on guys like that, how, how much does that move them up or down or obviously down in their case for you? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, I, I a lot of times you you have a decent idea of what kind of athlete they are going in. Uh, you know, David Bell, I, I've i never been a big David Bell guy. Uh, you know, it looked like he's running, you know, in, in sand. And, you know, he goes to the combine and his combine numbers looked like he was running in sand. So it's, you know, it's not a huge surprise there. Uh, Kyron Williams, another guy who I liked and still like. But his numbers were not good. But no one ever said like, oh, Kyron Williams is going to be good because he's so fast. He's got, you know, great explosiveness. He's His vertical's got to be 40 inches. You know, like we knew that wasn't going to be the case for Kyron Williams. So if you liked him based on that, well, then, yeah, it's going to crush you. But if you were actually watching the tape, you're not overly surprised. Uh, and now I will say this. I thought the combine numbers were even a little worse than I thought they were going to be. But then he came back on his pro day and looked significantly better number wise on his pro day than he did there. So you might've just had an off day. Um, Spiller's an interesting one because Spiller did like, just didn't really want to test at the combine, um, which was weird seeing how injury. Yeah. Which was seeing, (laughs) how fast everybody ran like that was surprising and then to see his pro day number it was like oh man i don't know that you helped yourself there uh but uh you know still at the end of the day it's best case scenario if it's like the most extreme outcome it will maybe influence me by 10 percent. that would be like absolute max but most of the time we're talking like a three to five percent swing um, for combine numbers because chances are I had already counted them as a good athlete or not a good athlete. Exactly. Yeah. The combine is where you confirm your suspicions. It's, I don't think it's really, and, and again, I'm, I'm speaking for myself here. Yeah. I, I rarely take the combine as like, Oh, that's new information. It's right. almost like, Oh, I was wrong about that thing. It's not new right. information. It's just like, Oh, that, that thing that I thought was true is not true. Like with Kyron Williams, for instance, I thought he'd be faster than that. I didn't think he'd be a blazer. But there's sure. a lot of people out there double counting on him. And they're like, well, I didn't think he'd be fast, but now he's slow. It's like, well, no, 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 hang on. He's still fast. He's just not as fast as you thought he was going to be. Like, so now you're double negativing him. And you're mo- and same with Spiller. We're going to see him go at like 112 in rookie drafts. 
And that, that could be Great a steal value. depending on where he goes and stuff too. Like I, it's just, there are going to be people that are, that see the combine and way overvalue it. And I'm here for it. I'm like, go for it. You look at those underwear Olympics and value them however you wish, but I, it doesn't move my needle much at all. Draft capital. Hell yeah. That's full signal. You sure. know, there's not a lot of noise in that. So that's, that's where some of those things matter a lot more. And that's what I was going to say. The, the combine, and I've said this before, the combine only matters to me in as much as it affects their draft capital. Yes. Like you've heard that Spiller might fall because of this. You heard that, you know, Bell could fall because of this. Which, well, which speaking of Bell, Gary, you don't like guys to get open? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm a Bell fan. Did, did he get open? Or or did, I, he, did he just, you know, make some contested catches and, you know, juke a couple guys? Maybe, with maybe jedi I saw, magic I, uh, or something i don't know uh <laughs> pretty but that's a guy on one of my team Purdue, <laughs> pretty good production at Purdue. and I, I did see him getting open more than you did apparently yeah i think he'll i think uh he'll be open to any team that wants him in the fifth round <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm i'm yeah I, I, like i said i'm a bell guy i'm i'm praying for third round draft capital because i i know it's not going to be higher than that and yeah, you're you're definitely hearing some bad stuff that about him possibly falling. But well, back to real quick, the back to the combine in general. Like there are sometimes like Spiller concerns me more because of the the attitude, right? It, it, I mean, I, I'm willing to chalk up Kyron Williams just didn't have enough water that day, or you know he had a cramp in the morning and it was just hard for him to run it off. Like it's a bad day, right? But like some of the stuff that I saw with Spiller just seemed like he didn't want to be there. It's like almost like he wanted to go in the late first to a contending team or something. Like, is that the, the double like 3d chess you're trying to play here where it's like, I want to go to a good team and not have to play football and get paid less. Like, is that really where your, your big brain is going? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think I want that kind of attitude on my team. So like some of the stuff does matter. And I think can be taken as like what Rocky was saying, like it, it affects draft capital. That's where it starts to really play into the, the whole valuation sure. of them. So we'll see where, where NFL teams and NFL, you know, scouts and all them, you know, feel like Spiller is worth it or feel like Williams is worth it. If they still are dead set on him and it didn't move the needle and it, Kyron Williams goes in the second, like imagine the, the dynasty Fuhrer that will just, everybody puts him right back up the draft boards as running back three again, you know, or something like we've seen it happen before. It'll happen again. Yeah. Like we're very overreactive in this long-term sport to short-term news. So I'm very excited to see what happens come Thursday. And then into Friday, all the rankings will get released. And, oh, and yeah. actually on that note, actually there was a, Recovering Ridley Truther in our chat put this in, I which I think is perfect. That up. Yeah. Can you guys remember a draft that the NFL draft will influence Dynasty ADP as much as this one? And I cannot. Like there yeah, are I, so many players that could really swing a whole rookie round. You know, you could see Justin Ross at 105 or 212. You could see David Bell at 108 or 306. You know what I mean? Like it literally, there's so much of a swing depending on where they go. So it's gonna be a great draft. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. No, I I totally agree. I I can't remember one, um, at least since I've been playing. You know, it would have been interesting to go back and see, like, the uh, – what, what was it? Jake Locker, Christian Ponder draft, <laughs> you know, to see, like, some of those and, like, that kind of stuff. So that would have been interesting. But, you know, I that was just before I started playing Dynasty. I started in 14 uh, was my first season. So was it 14? 13. I don't remember. Whatever Trent Richardson's after his rookie year, whatever that year was. <laughs> Um, I think 13 was the year of those crappy quarterbacks. So there's probably, okay. 13, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it would have been 14 because Trent Richardson was the, the one Oh one in our, in our dynasty oh, yeah. league draft. And uh, that didn't, that didn't pan out too well. 
Yeah, and I, yeah, I definitely agree with you guys, uh, and I agree with the premise of Ridley Truther's question. There is so much that's going to swing. Like, like we said earlier, the wide receiver the Packers take, the wide receiver the Chiefs take, it's it's going to swing stuff. If the Bills take a running back, uh, especially if it's not one of those top three guys, that guy's going to zoom up the boards too. Uh, so, uh, but a quarterback, uh, I wanted to ask you about this, Garrett. Are you, I mean, everyone has Malik Willis up near the top there, but overall you kind of, even in super flex, like you drafts, looking to fade these guys, are you likely like I'm a, I'm in a draft now, uh, that's actually taken place before the draft. And I think the second quarterback wasn't taken until like one Oh nine. I think it was Pickett. And it seems like that's the way it's going to go. I'm not even sure if landing spots are going to change that that much. Are, are you on board with that? Would you be taking any of these guys higher if they ran, land, land in the right spots? Potentially. Um, kind of where I'm at right now is if I'm in the first half of my rookie drafts. I got to make sure I don't miss. That's really what I'm concerned about in this year's classes. Do they end up being the, you know, a top five guy at their position? If they do cool, like that's awesome. I'm just trying to make sure that they don't flame out. Uh, so I'm taking Brees Hall. I'm taking yeah. Garrett Wilson. I'm ta- you know, I'm taking a couple of these guys that I feel really good about. And there's about four or five guys there. But then once I get to 106, then I'm looking at upside. And mm-hmm. it's tough to argue that anybody has more value and upside in a super flex draft than quarterbacks do. Because if they even just sort of hit, their value skyrockets. They don't even have to be great. They just got to be tolerable you know, for NFL teams and like survive a few years and they have decent value. So uh, right around 05, 06, 07, somewhere in there, I'm taking any and every quarterback that's available, but I'm not touching one before that at this point. I think you agree there, Andrew? Yeah, I, I think that we're, we're going to see an interesting set of of skills and, and, and uh, approaches to rookie dynasty drafting this year. Because I, I'm there with you. I think at it, it, the 107, if if there's only one QB gone at 107, how do you not take a QB there? How do you not take a Ritter or, or like a, you know someone that you think could Absolutely. be a starter this year? Like that's just it's almost it reminds me a little bit of like the Mac Jones kind of thing, right? Where everybody was like, I think I got him at like 112 in a rookie draft, and everybody was you know all over Twitter. Everybody's like, oh, I don't know if he's worth that. I'm like, he's a quarterback. He's gonna start. He's still you know a super flex. It's nice to have two or three at least. And it ended up being a pretty good pick. I don't think anybody would say it was a bad pick. Right. Um, I know you don't like Zach Wilson, Rocky, but that's another one of those guys that like everybody was hyping up and maybe overly so. And, you know, I think I got him at 110 in another league, right? Like at that, at that spot in that back half of the first, yeah, give me a quarterback if he's going to start. And you even actually put it perfectly, Garrett. He doesn't even really have to start. You could even get a blurb about him starting and trade him. You know, like we saw Jordan Love's value go all over the place. You know what I mean? Like everybody was like, oh, they're drafting him. They're trading up to get him. He's to replace Aaron Rodgers. And his value has kind of been the same as where it should have been. But I know I traded him away in a couple places for like, you know, second round picks. And I'm happy about it. Yeah, I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. But QBs have such a swing. It's hard not to love them. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you get first round draft capital, and it, it almost can even help not to start. Like, yeah. like, like Zach Wilson, you know, disappointed people, you know, even Trevor Lawrence no, disappointed yep. people, but Trey Lance only played two games and he didn't really get to disappoint anybody. Uh, and, Dynasty and, QB three yeah. or something, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. exactly. You haven't, haven't pissed anyone off yet. I made the same analogy last year. We were, I think we were talking about uh, Burrow versus Tua and I'm like, Burrow getting hurt was probably a good thing in the end game there because, you know, at the end of the season, nobody got to see Burrow, you know, fall apart. 
but everybody got to see Tua struggle. So Tua's value took a dive, whereas Burroughs maintained his value. So sometimes not playing is a great thing for value. And that's a lot of what we talk about here is just a valuation game, the game within the game within the game, um, yeah. where it makes it kind of like, where are we going to kind of find some extra leverage on our opponents? So yeah, it's, I just, I love this time of year. It's so much speculation, nothing concrete. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> and, and one more with the quarterback uh, is Willis uh, at your one-on-one with that ceiling, even with the, uh, you know, passing issues, I'll say. Uh, and also I'm curious who your, who your two is. Um, so right now, just at quarterback alone, um, Willis is my top quarterback. And right now it is a, a really, really close race uh, between Ritter and Pickett. Uh, I've been a big Ritter guy for a while and I've taken a lot of flack for it, but uh, people are starting to come around and warm up to Ritter a little bit, which is good to see. Uh, but uh, I had him on a ton of Debbie teams too, which is really nice. Uh, so I just get to, you know, slowly just move him onto my roster. Don't even have mm-hmm. to, don't even have to draft him. It's great. It's a good feeling. <laughs> uh, I, I hate hearing Garrett keep disagreeing with me. It makes me feel like I'm stupid and the wrong one. I, 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 I on a previous uh, pod, a junkies pod, I call I believe I called Ritter Zach Wilson light, and yeah. uh, <laughs> and if you don't know Garrett, I I really really do not like Zach Wilson. So yeah, from what Andrew was saying, I can, I can understand yeah. that he's not a fan. <laughs> Hard pass. Uh, you know he's got uh, it's similar to me in that he you know he has the uh, decent athletic. He's got problem. He's more athletic than than Zach Wilson, but they both sure. have the running ability. And I, I see accuracy issues with both of them. Uh, Wilson does uh, play a little more hero ball, I think, or, you know, throwing mm-hmm. things up for grabs and things like that. But, yeah, Ritter just scares me. But he looks like he's going to get that first-round draft capital, which means if I do have a late first, I might have to draft him. I'm going to hate it. Uh- <laughs> you can always You're draft there. and trade. Always draft and trade. That's, That's right. true. That's right. <laughs> You're an addict. You're okay. <laughs> okay, so the running back position. Uh I believe I'm pretty sure you know you said Hall is your your 101. Yep. I'm pretty sure Walker is your two, correct? That is correct. Is Spiller your three? It is, but uh there is a very close fourth. That's what I was gonna ask. I was that was the question. Who are who are your favorite guys after Hall and Walker? And if Spiller was your three Spiller, so who are your guys after that that you're that you're looking to get? Uh I'm a very, very big fan of Zamir White. Uh, I've, I've loved his tape for a long time. He was another guy that went from, you know, Debbie darling, cause he was the top running back in his class and everybody wanted a piece of that young running back. And then, you know, he tears his ACL, uh, and well, again, he, he tears his other yes. ACL. Uh, but since then, all he's done is slowly get better, slowly get better, slowly get better, slowly gain more speed, strength. Uh, everything about his character is just glowing. Everything about him in the weight room is glowing. Like all of those types of things are just really great check marks. And you watch his tape and dude is, is built for the NFL. He is built for between the tackles. He is built to be a great first and second down back. Do I project him to be a great receiver of the football? Not necessarily. Uh, but most guys are committee backs now. Uh, this is not a, you know, there, there's going to be, if you're lucky, eight or nine guys in the NFL at any given time that are like three down backs. So he's going to be a part of the committee and it, it caps his ceiling some. But I think when we're looking at guys that I think has have the best opportunity to land on a team 
and be a viable piece of a team's running game for a long time, I think he fits that bill. I agree. I, I, I'm a fan of Zamir as well. Uh, but it, as you were saying that, though, it came to an uh, interesting question. Came to me, and I've thought about this before. Can you remember? Like, kind of, it kind of goes to like one of those questions in the chat here. Like, can you remember a draft where there were so many guys with like injury issues coming out? You got Zamir, mm-hmm. you got Pickens, you got Jameson, uh, you got London had an injury. Uh, didn't Corral, Corral had an injury, I believe. Yeah, right there uh, at the end of the season. Yep. It, it, it seems like there's so many guys uh, that have injury issues coming out. I'm just uh, curious if is it just me or does it seem unusually high this year? That's a good question. Uh, you know, I hadn't really given it much thought up until this point, so I don't know that I can say confidently one way or another. Uh, but either way, I, I I don't get overly worked up about it, especially with how quickly guys recover from ACLs. I mean, yeah, heck, ACLs are like nothing nowadays. Right? Yeah, I mean, heck, Cam Akers <laughs> came back the same season from an Achilles, Achilles. injury. Like, <laughs> what the heck? So with the way modern medicine is uh, and the way that guys are just bigger, faster, stronger than they've ever been, that, that kind of stuff's bound to happen. So I don't give it too much thought. Okay. And uh, the last uh, question, because we, we talked, we, we threw that tight end question out earlier, is the wide receivers. And uh, we, we talked about London a little bit. He was part of this question, but I, I threw it out there too. You know, two of the, the, the more polarizing guys, I think, in here uh, are those two big guys, which is London and uh, Christian Watson. So I, was, I wanted to get your thoughts on Christian Watson. He's got that seemingly great side uh, size speed combo but uh, lack the production at a smaller school which is a little concerning in itself so so what do you, what are your thoughts on Watson Watson's a really interesting one because he is he's also an older prospect yep. uh, but when you have that kind of size and you have that kind of speed you shouldn't be as fluid of a route runner as he is. And he is a very, very fluid player, uh, which is really, really surprising. Uh, And this was another case when I was talking about Shakir earlier to see how well he did at the senior bowl. uh, And I mean, by all accounts, he just torched everybody. Like he was just head and shoulders above everybody else during his time there. When you can do that kind of stuff on a level playing field against, you know, all these guys from much larger schools and from, by all accounts, a decent uh, decent defensive back room that they had there this year, that makes me feel pretty good about him. Uh, he's currently just a hair behind Traylon Burks as my wide receiver eight. But, you know, my wide receiver eight in this class is rated a little bit higher than the wide receiver eight in a lot of classes. So it, it sounds like, oh, you don't have him very high, but it, it's a solid class. Well, that's actually where I was going to ask you next. Like, you know, how deep of a class, like, let's say, where do the top 10 this year rank in in accordance to last year? Because I feel like last year we had the same kind of like top heavy. It was a couple of really big guys at the top. And then, you know, you guys like Deami Brown, you know what I mean? Like guys that you should, like Terrace Marshall even had a lot of hype heading into the season and draft season and all that. I mean, like there were a whole bunch of guys that everybody was talking about that have now just evaporated and are worthless, you know? I think this year's class is a little bit, in, in a way, it's not as top heavy, but it's deeper in a receiver group. Correct. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Just, just for reference, my wide receiver nine in this year's class in last year's class has a slightly better grade than the wide receiver six. There you go. Okay. 
So, so there's nine receivers equivalent to six, right? Yeah, and that, that I think that kind of fits with what my mind is sort of trying to tell me, where it's like there's 10 this year that I don't mind having, and last year there were like six, five or six, you know? Mm-hmm. And this year I definitely think if, if you get stuck with someone in the late first, early second, you're not really stuck. It's more like there's just a tear gap. And you're like, I'm losing yep. some value, but I don't mind. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So and we, we had talked, I, th- I think it was before that we started recording, about how, uh, you know, I'm also, uh, you know, trying to watch film. I'm nowhere near as good as guys like Garrett and Zach Reed and, and the like, but uh, I did watch Watson, and I, I loved what I saw. Like, almost every game I watched, there's, like, at least one play. You're like, wow, how did he do that? Yeah. And, but the thing that the, the disconnect for me is, like, and maybe you can answer this. Maybe it's the the the, the offense there at that school, but is why didn't he not produce more? I'm like, I, I see these things when I watch him, and I look at the production, and his like highest season is like forty some catches or something like that. So, so yeah. what do you know? What like is it just the way they run that offense, or or is he just he's too he was too raw, or, or what was it's it? It's definitely a run heavier offense overall. Uh, a lot of things are more predicated on the running game. Uh, than they are in a lot of other offenses. Uh, and, you know, he he's a deep threat, and his quarterback play was just okay. He didn't have an amazing quarterback this past year. Uh, we also know that they had the, you know, two years ago, they didn't have a season. Uh, they had that one spring game. And then last year, they only had five games, six games. Some did, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, they didn't have a lot of games uh, in in Division Two, and they they didn't even play them till the spring. So, you know, you had two straight years of you know maybe a total of six or seven games if you were lucky. Um, and I'd have to go back and count what they exactly were for Christian Watson. So I think that played a role into it as well, where I think his overall numbers would have been a lot better had his sophomore and junior campaigns actually been real seasons. And then the other question I had about Watson was just uh, you mentioned he's your wide receiver eight, I think you said. Yep. And wh- where does that kind of fall for you in terms? Of, is that like an early second for you, basically? Then in rookie drafts or yeah, um, you know, depending on how things go with the quarterbacks, yeah, probably right around like two o two, two o three, somewhere yeah. in there. And that and that's one of those that I think that could really pay. I mean. He, Watson's another guy like we were talking about with some of the other ones earlier. I, he could totally flame out or he could be like, you know, wide receiver, uh, you know, six eventually at some point overall. Yeah. yeah. So he could be the next Rager. You know what I mean? Like somebody who gets <laughs> yeah. a perfect landing spot and is still a bust. Right. I mean, as much as we want to oh. hype these guys up, it's optimism <laughs> season. Right. That but is. I mean, there is definitely going to be a lot of people that, you know, go to a good place and get everything handed to them and still don't succeed. It's going to happen. It doesn't work. Hashtag Nikhil Harry. You know what I mean? Like, just, oh, my God. I had 101, worst ever 101 in my book. Just, God, got me hard. Anyway, oh, not no. <laughs> hurts. That hurts. Okay, so that, that finishes up our, our rookie questions uh, that we had for Garrett. So we're going to move on to our Find Me a Trade segment. Uh, this week's comes from Christian Crespo at ccress underscore 26 on Twitter. Oh, I know that guy. He's a good dude. Yes, he is. There you go. <laughs> Fan of the show. He's he's done one of these before, actually. So this is this is great. Yeah. We get a second. And I think he has here. actually one or two more on the submission list. So yeah, yep. I appreciate so, you if you're listening. Anyone else listening, <laughs> feel free. Christian's got a bunch on here, but we can do yours too. Come on. Yes. 
so Andrew, I'm going to go through the settings. Uh, if you have it up, I'm going to let you throw the uh, roster up when we get to that point. You can yep. go through that. Uh, but it's a, it's a 16 team league, but they're actually moving to 14 this year. Um, they're going to be doing a dispersal draft of the two teams that are out. And he let us know which ones we couldn't trade with. So we did not put them on there. Uh, and uh, it's a one QB uh, PPR 1.5 tight end premium league. There's a lot of bonuses that go on here. 0.25 uh, per rushing receiving first down. They they have some weird bonuses for 100 yard and 300 yard games, I believe. Uh, five points for 100 yard games. Long play bonuses. Four point passing touchdowns. Negative two for interceptions. Minus one for sacks. Kind of like uh, SFB. So, uh, and he says, uh, well, first let me say, it's seven, only 17 man roster, I guess, because they figured that, that many teams, they wanted to keep the roster smaller. And only uh, start eight. QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, two flex. So uh, one, he says one uh, Q, uh, well, he just mentions the different bonuses in the settings. And then he says he has, uh, I have the 102, 103, 109, and the 202 currently. League, men's, league mates have been tough to trade with. Looking to add a running back using a receiver in the 109. And we're going to get to uh, – he, he actually has a trade in his inbox. Uh, I, I didn't check yet if he accepted it. But uh, we're going to strongly recommend he uh, he takes his trade. <laughs> um, he plans on taking Walker and Garrett Wilson with the 102 and 103 if he holds on to them. And I guess I'll just say before he goes to the roster, because I did my trade assuming this guy was on his roster. He has in his inbox Van Jefferson and 109 – for Saquon Barkley. Go hit accept the second you hear us talk about this yes, on the podcast if please. you haven't already. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and that was offered to him. That was not yeah. something he threw out there. That is in his yeah, I could not people are it. low and, on Saquon. Well, I mean, I I get it. He's been a disappointment, well, yes. but I want I want to clarify from what I can see, that looks like it is an outgoing trade. Oh, I did think it was and, incoming. I'm and my it is bad. 24 days old. So I did. After we talked with this, I looked it up. I'm like, that's in. Like you, how do you not accept that? He. I thought it was trade. incoming. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and it's okay. 24 days ago that he sent the trade. So the guy has not. So that's not being accepted. Days. No. So I'm. I'm <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to guess that the other manager, uh, the Nature Boy 516, who I'm going to talk about, is probably sitting there going, no. Um, no. But it's okay. We can get into some of these trades. But let me show the roster. Let me get through that real quick here because I do think there is a. It, it's not a bad roster. I've seen seen worse. But for sixteen going to fourteen, you know, one QB. There's some interesting sure. stuff here. So real quick, let's run through this. So, uh, do you guys see it? I guess that's the first question. You guys are coming up on your screen there. Yeah, we got to get that. Uh, there we go. go. All <laughs> right. So QB has got two attack of Iowa, uh, Mitch Trubisky, Daniel Jones. Not terrible, I guess, if you're in a one QB league. I don't mind that. Uh, running back, he's got Mike Boone, J.K. Dobbins. That's about it, really. I mean, there. I think there Makes was... Uh, I need to running back. Kenny Nguangwu in, in your taxi. I mean, that's, that's not ideal. Uh, <laughs> receivers, he's got T. Higgins, Van Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Curtis Samuel, uh, Jamison Crowder, Michael Gallup, Braxton Berrios, LaVisca Chenault, and Elijah Moore in your taxi still. Receiver is definitely a solid set. That's uh, it's looking pretty good. Tight end, he's got Evan Ingram, uh, John U. Smith, Cameron Brait, and Robert Tanyan. So, again, for a, for a league where you only have 17-man rosters and you're starting eight, I mean, 
in, in a spread out league like this, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Like you're wide receiver heavy. You're filling your flexes with wide receivers. And again, Higgins Brown, that's a solid starting two in my book, Elijah Moore in your taxi to come up. So I think it's a pretty solid team. I'll just kind of go into my trade. Cause we kind of already sort of talked well, about it. But- just before you do, Andrew, I just wanted to mention, uh, in case you know anyone listening, get Garrett has been a little under the weather. If you didn't right. know, Garrett did not throw a trade out, but we do have one from Scott who's not on the show, our, our third co-host. And Garrett will proceed to just mock all our <laughs> trades as we as we give them out here. So I just wanted to let people know. Okay, yeah. so Andrew, proceed. No, I like that. It's a good idea. And and mocking <laughs> is always allowed. That is never a bad thing. So, so I like I, to hear. So, when we were looking at this earlier, Rocky and I were talking about it. We said, well, definitely accept that trade. Like, what are we doing? Well, then I realized it's outgoing. The guy hasn't accepted. Yeah, I, it, I, that's my bad for not uh, being familiar enough with Sleeper. I thought it was incoming. That's okay, because it, it pivots perfectly into mine. My trade was to send that same Nature Boy 516, to send four of the same players, Saquon Barkley, to send Elijah Moore and the 202 for Saquon Barkley. Now, again, looking at this roster, I think – Easily, we could say the receiver group is the is the best group. Um, I think it's it's yeah. I mean pretty obvious for everybody even who's who's hearing the team. Running back, you've got Dobbins, and and that's about it. I'd love to get a second running back, especially when you have to start two. So I feel like you know giving someone like Elijah Moore, who has a lot of upside potential, very young player. Receivers are kind of hard to find in, in deeper leagues like this sometimes. And then the two hundred two, which again it, we were just talking about, it, like two hundred two, even in a sixteen team league, is going to be a pretty solid option. I think. I don't think it's going to be a you know, it's not a first still, but it's an early second in a sixteen teamer. I think has a lot of value. So I guess roast me, Garrett. How bad did I do? How how bad is that trade? Which side would you like? Uh, you know, it's it's tough. If it's tough without without seeing the rest of the league, because. If I'm looking at the rest of his league, and, and it is tough because I'm not, I don't play in a ton of 16 team leagues. But if I'm looking at his team and I'm like, you know what, this team is a running back away from being a legitimate contender, then I think I would do that deal uh, because I think Saquon Barkley could absolutely put you over the top. But if I'm looking at his team and I'm saying, this still is just going to be like, congrats, you got fifth. You know, if, if yeah. like that's his team, then I think I would rather hold on to Elijah Moore. And try to just flip maybe 202 straight up for an old running back that nobody really wants and only has a year or two of, you know, tread left on his tires and and go that route. So I I can't say if it's good or bad because I don't really know what the rest of the league looks like. (laughs) But that's kind of where that's kind of where I'm at there is it, it all depends on if he thinks that he can really compete for a title this year. Then heck, yeah, go get Saquon Barkley for that deal. I think it's a good deal. If not, I'd rather wait. I will say from my gauge of it anyway, looking at it, there, there is no, and, and there's kinds you, you would expect on a, on a 16 team league that, that's going to 14. There, there's no real dominant team there. There's no team that's loaded up, especially with the small rosters. It makes sense too. It's kind of hard to, to, to sure. build up. Yeah. Guys that you eventually become studs for you. So uh, I, he's kind of got a, a decent roster. That's definitely got some holes, but I, I think he can, possibly make a push so okay. i don't know if you agree with that assessment andrew but that's well, kind of how i looked at it the only thing i was going to add is that it, i i agree with what you said to rocky looking at the the kind of the whole league landscape of the 14 teams remaining there's nobody that stands out as like looking at every team and kind of glancing at it there's no one i'm afraid of right yeah. usually when you're looking at your whole your whole rosters and you're kind of scanning the league you you always end up finding that one team you're like oh man i do not want to face scott connor this season you know it's almost always scott <laughs> connor that bastard it's amazing <laughs> 
But like there's one of those teams is just like a dominant. I don't see that in this league. And again, the two teams that are leaving, I looked at their rosters a little bit too, just out of curiosity, because that dispersal draft could have a lot of good assets in it. Good. In they theory, really he have should a lot... get his roster bolstered a little bit. Well, right, but they really don't have a lot of great assets either. I mean, just a quick look. I mean, you got Mixon. I was looking at running backs specifically, but like Mixon and Harris are the only two running backs on those teams that kind of matter, you know? And it's like, well, there aren't like, they're not Where, two Where's teams he picking in the dispersal? Well, that's that what I don't, we don't know. know. Yeah, yeah, he didn't and, give us that info. And sometimes dispersals are, are included in rookies, and sometimes they're entirely separate. Sometimes it's a waiver wire situation when you're you know right. taking teams out. I mean, I don't know, but I'm Man, just I've at, never like, been part of a whole league. I have, and it, it was an auction dispersal, which was weird. Thing, yeah. yeah, but in in any case, what I'm saying is there aren't a whole lot of assets in the dispersal pool either. So it's not like, you know, there's a ton of assets that we're missing. It's just spread around really evenly, to be honest. Yeah. And I think right. the, the benefit there is if you've got if you've got a one hole at running back and, and can shore that up, I think it turns you into a pretty solid contender. So that's kind of, again, where my logic was going. Like, cool. You only start one QB, but, you know, and your tight ends could use a little help. But again, and start in a, in a start eight and you've got uh, 14 teams now. I mean, tight end, you're going to be thin. Someone's going to be thin at tight end anyway. So. Yeah, and he's got he's got Bobby Tunyon with uh That's right. who is now currently the wide receiver one for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> when you've got so. Evan Ingram who's gonna be tight end three for the season, I'm sure, in some people's rankings, because he's got a new home, apparently, like that matter. Yeah, and Doug Peterson. So like, but yeah, I, I just think he does have a chance to contend. So so that transitions right. well into to yes. my trade with uh with Andrew kind of shitting on my trade, I feel there. But uh, no, no, no. Actually, I think <laughs> yours is a good trade. So I'm, I'm saying trading I, for a tight end. But I will say this is part of my stupidity of not realizing that was not an incoming trade. I liked this better when I knew he already, I thought he already had Saquon Barkley on his roster. Yeah. Um, so what I was doing was looking to move that 103 because I was like, oh, well, he's got his running back hole fixed. Let's fix his tight end hole. So um, it was <laughs> <laughs> bad phrasing. Um, episode title? But, Epis- maybe. Episode- <laughs> there you go. <laughs> episode title. Uh- <laughs> See the difference is you're embarrassed. Rich would have been so proud that oh, he came up with that. that. Yeah, Rich would have written that down and put it on a board. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. absolutely. That's got to be the title, right? Let's fix this tight end hole. Uh- yeah, yeah. Rich would have been all over that. Anyway, um, so the idea I had was to, to go out and he has he still had he, even if that trade had been an incoming trade, he still would have had like two firsts, one hundred two and one hundred three. Also the two hundred two. So I was looking to kind of move the 103 to get him another piece. Uh, I still like it even without the Barkley part. Uh, and I moved 103 for Travis Kelsey. I think 103 can get Travis Kelsey at this point. People are starting to realize he's, you know, 32. And that's, you know, Dynasty is is uh, very ageist uh, for the large part. And uh, even with the, I think personally, he's going to have a pretty big year with Tyreek leaving. But I still think people are worried uh, that he's too old. So I think you can get him for the 103. Uh, and it, it makes sense, some sense for the other team. That guy's team is kind of a mess. His like best running back is Ronald Jones. Uh, he does have some nice pieces. He has Burrow, Chase, Evans. Uh, but that's pretty much it. Kelsey and Amon Ra are like his next two best players. So uh, it makes some sense uh, for the other guy. Uh, like I said, Ingram or Tanyan is your best tight end is not ideal. And he still has the 102, which he could use then to also fill his uh, hole at running back uh, with either one. So wait, how many picks does this guy have? He has 102, 103, and 109. 
Oh, I got a trade then. <laughs> okay, on the fly. But, yeah, that was my go. trade. I figured he could fill the running back hole with uh, Walker, or most likely Walker. I didn't yeah. Walker's not going one-on-one, even in one QB. So it's going to be Hall, and then likely he could he could draft Walker. And uh, he gets the tight end in Kelsey. Uh, not the deepest, but you're not going to have really deep rosters in 16-slash-14-team, 17-man rosters. So uh, what do you think? Yeah, assuming assuming that you're not getting dispersal picks in this draft. Um, so I'm going to take that, you know. Well, if Real quick, just to add to that, based on the notes in the league chat, the, the rookie is rookie only draft and the dispersal okay. will come after. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just I, I checked that, too, because I was curious. So, yeah, go ahead. All right. No, that's good <clears throat> to know. For me, I would I would take 103 and I would take 109 and I would trade up to 101 Uh that that would be my move because then you're getting a running back in Brees Hall that is young, but you're also filling your your you know the 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 void that you have there. So for me, if you're able to now, some people are super high on Hall and wouldn't sell him for the world. Uh, but for other people, they're like, I only have to move back two spots and I get to pick once again at one nine and get a solid receiver there. That you know, so that would be a move I would try to make because then all of a sudden you're sitting with J.K. Dobbins, Brees Hall, and kenneth walker and you go from the weakest running back room in the league to arguably one of the strongest i'm assuming so that would be that would be my move personally is i would package 109 and 103 together i love that i think that's a solid and one qb (laughs) that makes perfect sense because you're you're not really there's not going to be a willis or ritter in the first i mean you might have somebody reach but yeah and the, the way the receivers are set up as of today before the draft there isn't like a clear cut you know, someone to vie for that 101, it's going to be Hall and it's going to be Walker. I think if I'm if I'm in one yeah. QB as of today, I don't think I'd take a receiver. But again, and then so 109 is like the wide receiver seven because you're probably going like exactly. seven wide receivers after that. Probably, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that's where the value is. Like, I'd rather have the two guys on my roster in a 14 team league that I can start every week as opposed to the depth at receiver that I already have. So, yeah, Correct. I'm right there with you. And so even though Garrett gave us a trade, you want to give us the uh, the one that Scott threw on there? I'll do it if you want. And yeah. then I can have Garrett roast it. I think that's the way to do it. I mean, yeah, uh, it love would. it. He'll love it. He'll love Scott. Uh, <laughs> no, no, yeah, but, Scott's not here. Roast it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll do my best to, to pitch this as if I'm Scott. So his trade was to trade J.K. Dobbins in the 109 to Mo Hagazi for Mitchell in the 104. Now – I think I see the logic that he's going for here. Elijah Mitchell is is someone who I think you could you could rely on and getting the 104, you're upgrading from the 109, which we were talking about as a pretty deep you know drop off. Um, but his, he also puts in here he also has he also has 106 and 107. The guy that he's Mo, trading him to Mo Hozagi or Hugazi. That uh, he has 106 and 107. So maybe offer your 202 and settle somewhere between. But it, I, he's good giving up 109 and moving up to four five or six, four six or seven is what he's saying. And then there's a big tier break there for me. And I believe you'll add enough difference makers or value insulation. That's kind of what we were just talking about. Like you want to do everything in your power to get into that first tier. And his trade is kind of in that same vein as yours. I mean, there are, it's a big difference between JK Dobbins and Mitchell, but there's a lot of difference between 104 and 109 in this draft. So what do you think about that one, Garrett? Is that kind of in line with what you were thinking? I get, I get his, his thought process and I don't hate it, but the hard part is you take your already weakest Mm -hmm. position and you made it weaker. Um, and so I think that's the hard part for me is I don't think you're getting one of those running backs at one Oh four now, unless you are a big fan of Spiller. Um, and if that's the case, then I think that works out and makes sense. 
Uh, but if you're not the highest on Spiller, then you're you're not getting a running back more than likely at, at 104. Um, and you strengthened a position that's already a position of strength at the wide receiver because there you're taking Garrett Wilson, you know, Burks, London, Williams, somebody like that. Um, and then you have Elijah Mitchell. So for me, unless I'm in love with Isaiah Spiller and he is still there on the board, I don't think I would do that personally. Well, the, I wanted to jump in with this, just looking at it, like, you know, through a different set of eyes, it's almost like you're trading away a running back and a receiver for what you're hoping is a running back and a running back. But at 104, you're probably just going to get a better receiver. So like you said, like you, you don't need receiver help. You're going to get a better receiver than you're running. You know what I mean? Like you're upgrading at receiver in a sense and downgrading at running back. And that, that almost goes counter to what this team needs. So I, I, I agree with what you're saying. that's in theory a better receiver. I mean, I always and like that's what I mean. Like we're it's... talking rookie trips. Even the one you know, the wide receiver too, the guy we think is the wide receiver too, could totally bust well, out. And, we uh, say it all the time. Like, do you want the box the or do you want the boat? Oh man, give me the box. Like it could be a boat. Like, no, no, no. Just take the boat. Like, what are we, you know, you're overthinking it. But that is such a Scott trade to me. Like I could totally see Scott doing that because that's not going to be the end. He's not going to draft one of four. He's going to do something else to move up again. I can sure. just totally see Scott making that move where he trades the one of four for one Or you could trade the one of four for another running back. Exactly. So I think that that's that's the the way Scott tends to approach trading, and I do too for the most part. Like no trade. Yeah, is your it's last several trade. step process. That makes sense. Yeah. And you never have to draft it, even though we're a week away from the NFL draft, potentially two weeks or whatever from this. You know rookie draft um you know it's like you don't have to make that pick when you're on the clock you could trade it away again i mean it's but yeah i think i like the logic of that trade i guess rocky what was your thought i don't know if we all the way got into your opinion on this trade i'm I mostly good although i was even thinking too is there i mean for fantasy i i agree dobbins is a better running back but for fantasy is there a huge difference between dobbins and mitchell if dobbins doesn't get the receiving work which we are all concerned about I mean, Mitchell is not going to come back from injury. Work. Yep. And yeah. I, I'm, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll say it. I don't think I've said it on a podcast yet, but, and this is going to sound backwards, but I'm worried that Trey Sermon actually does something this year and, and kind of mm. eats into some of Mitchell's uh, domination, I guess. Uh, and again, that's not based on anything other than gut and, you know, but his job is going to dominate the backfield. Gus Edwards I, well, is also coming, but there's talk that they want to bring in another running back. Gordon entirely fair question. Yep. Yeah. And that's kind of where like, there's a lot of question marks on both, but I do see the value in Dobbins that Dobbins to Mitchell gap to me is bigger than the one Oh four to one Oh nine gap. Like I get I the logic that. in the trade, but I like the, the Dobbins side. I feel a little more secure with that. At the moment, but I. And to right. be I clear, mean, I think Dobbins is is clearly a better running back. I just wish he was well, somewhere where they would throw him the ball more. For sure, <laughs> but you're you're not you're not wrong though. I mean, you are right. Mitchell could be right there with them. They're both running back twos. They could be you know running back thirteen and fifteen. You know, and then are you happy with that trade? Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, you're you're not wrong. Yeah. Okay, so so good stuff all around, and 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 uh, Garrett was even able to throw us his trade on the fly here, which I loved. What uh, a pro! <laughs> I do what I can. Okay, so I've done this before. <laughs> yes, uh, and and we're only at one twenty one right now. I'm very proud of us. Uh, we're we're not over great. an hour and a half yet. Uh, <laughs> but Garrett, I want to thank you again for coming on. This has been a blast, and I want to just give it, uh, you a chance to you know give everybody your Twitter handle, where they can find you, all you're doing, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Dynasty Price. Uh, basically, everything I do, you're going to find uh, me either you know, on Twitter 
or you're going to just find me doing stuff with dynasty nerds. I'm, uh, you know, one of the, the co-owners, one of the podcast hosts, one of the got my hand in everything over there. So, uh, if there's something going on there, I'm, I'm probably involved with it some way, shape or form. So you can find me, uh, there as well. Okay, so it sounds good. And I will just finish up with some of our business. Again, I am Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict. He's Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. Uh, the third uh, the third host who is not on tonight is Scott Sidlow at Scott underscore Sidlow. Um, I also wanted to mention before I do the rest here, uh, we are not going to have an official junkie show next week episode, but we are going to be doing the DAP Network draft show. Uh, Andrew's going to be on. Uh, I plan to be on. I may be on further into the draft. And uh, Scott's a little iffy at this point. We'll see if he can make it or not. But definitely the two of us should be on, as well as a bunch of other guys from the DAP Network. Uh, Ross, Dynasty Outhouse, uh, the, uh, the Drew from the Timeline. Uh, Casey Kasem is planning to come on. We have some great guests, too uh john hogue uh, and bobby koch have both committed to come on so it's going to be a fun time uh we should be going all through round one so uh looking forward to that and then uh just follow the dap network you'll so uh, I, I imagine we will be going live for that obviously so at dap underscore network that twitter feed you'll be able to see it um follow dynasty junkies at dynasty junkies on twitter uh, if you can, please give us a subscribe uh, rating and review. The reviews really help out, get people to, to find us, let us know what you think. So we love that. And uh, I think that'll do it, Andrew. So you want to take us out? Yeah. So for thanks for the guys in the chat, Jerry Bagshaw. We had a good question from David Shank that I think we kind of got to, too. Justin Mercer, of course, your new best friend in person, Rocky. <laughs> yes. uh, Ridley Truther, always in the chat. Love seeing you in there. Uh, obviously anybody that submitted questions, Christian, again, for the, for the roster, submit, find your, your leagues, find me at trades. We love doing these for people. Um, you know, there's a, a link through our link tree on our uh, dynasty junkies handle, go there, find the link. Uh, we'll tweet it out from time to time too, but submit your teams, right? Everybody has questions about trades. We love finding trades in your leagues that you might be able to use or, you know, bounce ideas off of it always helps. So for everyone that's been in the chat for you, Garrett price for me, Andrew, for you, Rocky, thanks so much for hanging out tonight, guys. And with that, Junkies out.